0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by downloadtennis.com on today's US Open preview.
1: Djokovic readies himself for a crack at the calendar slam.
0: Barty begins tricky draw as the ladies out and out favorite
1: and Sitsipas Murray is set for a round 1 blockbuster.
0: Kim, the US Open is upon us. The final Grand Slam of the year in New York City. It's very exciting. We have had, uh, I feel like it's, it's come around very, very quickly. We've had the Olympics. We've squeezed two Masters of Masters events as well, um, in between. But yes, we are looking forward to the fourth and final Grand Slam of the year. And it's been quite, quite a ride, I think. And I think that the build up certainly has been, maybe a little bit tinged with sadness of of injuries and legends of the game not, not playing. And as a result of that, I feel like we're going into the tournament completely open-minded. And I'm not going to lie, I feel like as a fan, it might feel a little bit weird, given the the lack of big names potentially that aren't going to be there.
1: Yes, it's been a long time since we haven't had a slam without the likes of Federer and, and Rafa and the Williams sisters as well, I think. 1997 US Open. So, how many years ago is that? Tw- 24 years since we mm. haven't had Roger Rafa or Serena at a Slam. So, it's um, it's going to be weird. But um, you know, times have moved on, Joel. We will persevere. <laughs> Will cope. Although I don't feel like I'm emotionally ready for the US Open to begin, I feel like Wimbledon ended yesterday, so uh, it's all gone a bit weird and fast. But hey ho, we're here now, and Novak Djokovic is just one Grand Slam title away from his calendar Grand Slam, and he'll be the first man to do that since Rod Laver in 1969. If if he's to do it, you know he wasn't able to do the Golden Slam, but he's very much still currently on for the calendar slam, which obviously, you know, Olympics is all very nice, but this is the one he would most have wanted uh, to get this year. So, I mean, let's begin, I suppose, with the men's draw, shall we? Shall we look at uh, Novak's quarter to begin with, see how likely it is that he is going to win?
0: I mean, let's be honest, though. He has not had a lot of match practice going into the US Open. And I know, you know, we're not necessarily saying that because he's had no match practice, that maybe makes him a little bit more vulnerable. But certainly looking at his draw, it is a little bit, you know, it is a little bit tricky. I think, you know, there's a couple of, you know, of course, a couple of opening matches that I think, you know, should pass him by relatively easily. I mean, he could face uh, Jan Leonard Strufe. Uh, in the second round. But I think his, his head-to-head record, I think he's got a 6-0 head-to-head record against Struve, who you know may look the part you know from time to time. But again, I think relatively unproblematic for Djokovic. But it does get interesting from there on in because he could face Kane Ishikori in round three, who has had success with, with, against him um, at the US Open back in, in 2014. And then following on from that, he also has Berrettini, Herkaj potentially lurking as a quarterfinal opponent. He could also face Karatsev in round four, who beat him uh, on the clay earlier this season. So, I mean, we we were talking in the build up about it feeling processional. You know, the fact that there was going to be no Rafa there, there's no Dominic team there, there's no Roger Federer there. But you know, still looking at the you know his his projected pathway on paper, it doesn't seem as processional as perhaps I was thinking maybe a, a week ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? We haven't seen Novak um, since the Olympics, but we haven't Mm. seen much of some of the other, you know, top guys in his section either, like Berrettini. He's been lacking quite a bit of match practice coming into this event. You know, he has been quite consistent at slams of late, and obviously he would be the expected quarterfinal opponent. But I think Hubert Hercas, yeah, he might well have something to say about that. I'd still absolutely back Novak to come through this section, though. I mean, Karatsev hasn't mm. really been, you know, the player he was at the Australian Open. No. Um, I mean, arguably the the other player in that top section who's been in the most form is probably Jensen Brooksby, <laughs> um, which you know is saying something. He's a wild card, so I absolutely don't. I don't think Djokovic is going to have any problems unless he's still got remnants of a, of that shoulder injury that you know he picked up at the Olympics. I think that's for me. That's the only like we, i know we've said this before but i feel like he's only going to lose because of an injury or a freak incident like like this time last year
0: it certainly feels that he's got it, it it's in his favor i think earlier on as you said even the seeded players don't feel like they're necessarily in the best form i mean Alex de Minaur, for example could face uh, Djokovic in round four but to be honest he I think has dropped off a little bit over the last few months and he plays Taylor Fritz in round one and Taylor Fritz on an American hardcore actually even though he's unseeded I think he could be quite dangerous so I could potentially see an upset there you've also got David Goffin as the 27th seed who again in theory could face Djokovic in round three but at the same time he's got Mackenzie Don- M- McDonald another American in round one and again I I think, given the way that McDonald's been playing over the last few tournaments uh, in North America, again, I would not very, I would not be surprised um, given that you know the injury troubles and the the setbacks that I feel like Goffin has had this season. But again, McDonald could come through, and the fact that that might just open it up for for Djokovic and, and get him that match practice he needs early on in the tournament. It might, it very well might set him up for later on. But I don't think you know in terms of this sort of calendar grand slam that is obviously going to be on his mind i've no doubt is <laughs> going to be asked about it you know several several times in uh kind of the the post-match press press conferences do you, do you see that being a factor do you feel like that would be a a pressure on him or do you think he's going to be able to just take it in his stride
1: Yeah, actually, I mean, I do think that will maybe get to him a little bit, but I just, will it get to him enough to the extent that he would Mm -hmm. go off the boil so much uh, so that his opponent could take full advantage? Because, I mean, certainly not in the early rounds, perhaps when it got to semis, the final, perhaps it might influence things. But I mean, you can only lose a slam, can't you, in the first week? You can't win it. So I think... Certainly, if we're looking at who's going to get through to the second week, I just don't see, even if Novak is an absolute bundle of nerves, which <laughs> is unlikely given his mental mm-hmm. strength, I don't think um, it would influence him to to that much of, of an extent. Um, but, we you know, we did see him falter at the Olympics. You know, he was set up, looked swimmingly uh, as if he was going to be going into that final and it all ch- turned around. But, you know, best of five sets, like we said, Many a time, Joel, it's um, it's a completely different ball game, and, you know, not to be underestimated.
0: And just before we move on to the second quarter, because that is where it does get tricky for Novak Djokovic because he could face Sasha Zverev. But we'll come on to that in a sec. But Kim, we've just got to make, we've just got to do our, our regular feature, Salvatore Caruso watch, uh, one of our favourite players at Passing Shot HQ. Now, we were excited because he could face Djokovic in round three I mean yes he has to get past Kane in round one but um, Caruso in the main draw unseeded. I'm loving seeing that and you know maybe the 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 tantalizing prospect of facing Novak Djokovic will carry him through
1: well funnily enough I think Caruso got in because Rafa pulled out I think he was the one that um oh, yes was the next course. direct exception yes, so. it was
0: bittersweet what well, we were talking about it being bittersweet weren't we
1: as much as I, you know, love Rafa, at least Caruso <laughs> has managed to get in, which is, you know, some some good uh, that Rafa's done to help him out. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure Rafa will be pleased to watch his progress. <laughs> um, but let's look at that second quarter because, yeah, like you said, Sasha Zverev is the top seed in this quarter. But we've also got the likes of Denis Shapovalov, Karen Hatchinov. Um, Opelka. Who else have we got? Riley Opelka. He's not been having too bad a season of late. Yannick Sinner. Pablo <Sinna>. Carreno, Yep, Sinner. So this one, I think this is a, a much more interesting quarter, I have to say. I mean, Zverev obviously is in a bit of a purple patch, having won the Olympics and Cincinnati. But at the same time, he is uh, facing, you know, uh, another wave of allegations from Olga, his ex-girlfriend, about the domestic abuse. I think the second part of her account has been published recently. And I think Zverev has literally just put out on social media that his lawyers have, um I think, submitted like an injunction against, um you know, the source of, of that account. So it's all kind of happening off court for him. And whether that's going to affect his tennis, I mean, so far, you know, it hasn't seemed to have affected it. He seems to be playing very well at the moment. But now that there's been another account and it's in the media again, and there's a bit more, you know, uh, focus on it, perhaps that will play a factor.
0: It's been quite a interesting build-up I think for Zverev given the form that he's shown uh, on court but these allegations as you said that aren't going away off it with regards to domestic violence and also we saw last week uh, you know the ATP as well kind of saying uh, explicitly saying that they're going to be setting up a safeguarding review so there's kind of things going on on the outside and again, it will be fascinating to see how Zverev is able to to handle those two sides. And I've got no uh, reason to believe that he won't be able to kind of show his best tennis because, you know, these allegations are, I feel like, nothing new. I do want them to, to get sorted at some point because it is does feel like they are, are dragging and whether that's in the law court I, that remains to be seen. But yeah, he is playing some very, very good tennis at the moment and he could, you know, he's faces Sam Query in round one and I don't think that, that That is potentially too difficult. I mean, he could face Alexander Bublik in round three, which could be quite fun. I think with Zverev, you know, for me, kind of watching him in Grand Slams over the, uh, you know, over this season, I always remember, as I said, going back to the French Open and that first round against Oscar Otter, where he was just completely switched off for those first two sets in his round one match. And I do think he still has that capacity to, Start a game and start a match and start a you know a, a potential sort of a campaign at a Grand Slam in a switched off mode, and I don't think he will want to do that. You know, if he's got really serious and big ambitions of you know winning a Grand Slam he's going to want to need to kind of conserve his energy and he's not going to be wanting to be in his round one round two matches going five sets and you know winning the last three sets comfortably like you know like he did Oscar Otter I don't think so I think managing the opponents that he should be putting away in a, a conservatory kind of fashion I think will be the the name of the game but um, again he could face there are some difficult kind of players that he could face later on Bublik uh, in round three you could face Yannick Sinner in round four that could be a really fun match but you do still sense that he's probably he's probably still got form to beat everyone really in in his quarter you don't really sense there being an upset
1: yeah I think from this quarter Zverev is the hands-down favorite I mean Shapovalov mm. had a great Wimbledon but has lost his last four matches uh, hasn't really had any form mm. of late and I mean Karen Hatchinov you know, he got to the obviously the Olympic final, but but got whooped by Zverev in that final. So, as as well as he may be able to play, I just I, th- I feel Zverev will definitely have the upper hand still. And and actually, Karen Hatchnov he's got a tricky first round. Lloyd Harris, one of your favourites, Joel. Um, he's you know, I got that win over Rafa and has had a few few nice wins this summer. So. Yeah, for me, it's the to stand out from this, from this section. But should he fail, you know, this is where Yannick Sinner will be hoping to perhaps capitalize, um, take advantage or perhaps PCB. And then we've also, you know, potentially got a bit of a dark horse in Seb Corder, uh, you know, home slam. His, uh, was it his sister won Olympic gold? I think in the, in the golf. Mm. So he's got, he's got big. Well, <laughs> he's you know, we know he's, yeah. he's got a great sporting <laughs> family, pressure. but. He, it's time for him now, you know. He, he did well at Wimbledon, but he'll be wanting to uh, to uh go even better as a home slam.
0: I mean, he did really well at Wimbledon and he's unseeded here. Could face Karenjo Buster in the second round. And again, that could very much be a blockbuster matchup. I mean, Corda's got Villy in the first round. We've seen Villy on his day um is a very, very good player. So again, that could be quite a tasty match to watch. Another tasty match that we could see in this uh, section between two unseeded players and it's between Lorenzo Musetti and Emilio Nava of the United States. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, what, why is that? Why is that match interesting? Well, it's a rematch of the 2019 Australian Open boys singles final where Musetti won it seven, six in the final final set tie break, 14, uh, 12. It was one of the best matches most boys singles Uh, slam finals matches in recent recent memory and for them to kind of get back it on the outside courts Uh, if I was a fan and I was just sort of milling around definitely on the on the outsides I'd be looking at that as a match to watch because that seemed to they seemed to put on a show the last time they met
1: well that is a very niche yeah niche matchup one for the purists I didn't know that yeah, I didn't know that had been a boys singles final. It's not something I'd personally been keeping track on, but, um, I think Massetti won that boys final. So I would have to say he'd probably be more likely to win this one as well. Um, but we'll get on to our predictions for, um, later, Joel. So, um, but let's move on to the bottom half of the draw, which, um, Stefanos Sitspas, he's the third seed. So he's the top seed in, in this quarter, but we've also got Andre Rublev. So they're the kind of two standout names for this bit. Um, I suppose British fans would be pleased to know Cam Norrie is in this section and doesn't actually have, you know, one of the big three as a potential <laughs> third round opponent for once. Uh, knowing Norrie though, he'll probably, well, will, will he get there? You know, he's been consistently getting to the third round of every slam this year. So I hope he doesn't, you know, fall at the last hurdle. He's got to, got to at least, um, you know, get to the third round and perhaps have a crack at, at Sitspass, who would be, his third round opponent. I mean, can you see that? Um, can you see that happening? Because Sits has got Murray in the first round. Can you see any chance yeah. for Andy Murray there?
0: <laughs> it's fascinating because, yeah, there's in, in this part, we've got two Brits, Nori against Alcaraz and Alcaraz is doing quite well um in winston-salem at the moment i wonder i'm wondering sort of sneakily hoping maybe he gets a bit tired from his exertions in winston-salem uh for nori because that feel could be a definitely a a very tough opening round for for nori but um yeah certainly the one of if not the standout tie of the first round is that match andy murray stefanos sits i mean kim i'm not gonna lie i saw that match and there was part of me that got really, really excited about it. I think that was my first reaction, and then it was immediately followed by a "Oh, we're not probably going to see Andy Murray a lot um, in the U.S. Open." I, you know, I, he's been playing, he's been playing good in patches, and it's been frustrating to see. I think, you know, for example, he played uh, Tiafoe, um and Hircash uh, in his last two matches, where he had set points in both of those first sets and wasn't able to convert and then sort of just sort of lost in a, a straightforward sets fashion. Um And, you know, a good result here for me, for Murray, if I'm being quite honest, would be maybe to take a set or even take Sissipas to to five, but it's certainly going to be a, a fascinating watch because, you know, Sissipas is one of the players of the, the, you know, of the next gen. He is out there, you know, smelling, you know, smelling blood and, he will be wanting to knock off these, you know, these greats. He's going to be hungry for, you know, having these players uh, in his matchbooks for the season. And um, it's going to be a fascinating contest, I think. And who who knows where it's going to go? But you certainly feel like that's going to be that's going to be a night match.
1: Yeah, I mean, this tournament, apart from Djokovic, it is very much next gen led, isn't it? I mean, you've got Murray still knocking around, but like this match is just epitomizing kind of the changing of of the guard, I suppose, like Roger and Rafa aren't here. Yes, Djokovic is kind of the anomaly between them at the moment, but it's um, very much the future, isn't it? What the next few years will look like. I think
0: I think apart from Chilich, Murray and Djokovic are the only players in this draw who have Grand Slam titles to their name. Um, and I think that might motivate Sissabas in terms of, you know, this would be a very, very big scalp for him. And you know this this will give him, I think, the confidence and the belief. If he can beat Murray and maybe do it convincingly from his point of view, that will give him a lot of confidence, and that might push him really, really far in in the tournament and give him that belief that potentially will g- make him feel that he can go on to win the to win the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, is Sitspas going to win the whole of the US Open? We, we'll see about that one, Joel. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> you're not obviously, sure. If he you're not come- sure. If he can comfortably come through Andy Murray, I think that will help him. I mean, Rublev, you know, should sit, must be worried about Rublev in this quarter. You know, we were saying in our last catch up that Rublev doesn't seem to have the, you know, the, that extra edge against the, the others in his sort of category. And I have to say, I, I think at slam level that comes out perhaps even more, you know, over best of five sets. Um, and we've got Felix Ojeeliasim. What can he do? Um, but otherwise, I have to say, I think for me, Sitsapas is the standout contender for this quarter. You don't fancy a bit of Nick, Nick Kyrios? I mean, he's oh, got... Oh, is he there? I didn't even notice. He's got... <laughs> that's is that, that's your view,
0: isn't it, on Nick Kyrios Just sort of invisible to you in the draw, as I imagine he is to a lot of our listeners. I mean, he's got Roberto Batista Goot in the first round and... That is going to be uh, again as probably another match, big match matchup um, for the first round for for fans attending. And again, it'll be fascinating to see who comes out of that one. For me, that sounds like it could have five sets written all over it. Um, You know, Kyrgios pulled out of that match against Murray at Winston Salem. I understand it was precautionary, so I don't think there should be any injury doubts uh with regards to to Kyrgios and and hopefully not because if he's gonna wanna come through someone like Baptiste Rugut who's such a you know such a competitor and battler on the court you you feel like he's gonna need to be in top top physical condition.
1: Yeah it just sounds like he's not quite there physically um mm. but you'd never say never with Kyrgios. Um I just I don't think you know RBA is is a very Physical and consistent player himself, so I just don't don't think Nick's going to get the better of him. Actually, um, I mean, you've
0: got you've got also TFO as well.
1: Uh, yeah, unseeded. TFO I think could be could be the surprise one, perhaps to make the quarterfinal from this section if he can okay. get through upset Rublev. Perhaps um, you know we've been we know on his day he can uh, can beat. Top top players. Obviously, he beats its pass, I think at Wimbledon, didn't he in that first round? Mm. But home crowd. It feels very very open. I feel like this section. It does. You've got, I, it does. I mean,
0: Oje Aliasim as well. It's it's like it, one one minute I'm like, yes, he's the next best thing, and then three minutes later I'm like, mm, not, Maybe not not <laughs> too convincing him. And I'm. I think we are. We're all waiting for him to have a, a moment. Maybe that you know, for example, Shapovalov had a breakout moment at, at Wimbledon. Um, earlier on uh, this season, and maybe you know Felix has team, he needs that sort of moment to come, and he's been around long enough to make me think that it's it should it should be around the corner. And again, this is part of the draw is quite I feel open. There's quite a few, particularly around him. There's quite a few qualifiers. It certainly is a, a moment that he will be looking to seize upon.
1: Absolutely. And let's move into the fourth quarter, Joel, where we've got uh, Zanil Medvedev as the top seed. Uh, obviously, he's the second seed overall. Um, I mean, again, this quarter, we've got, you know, Medvedev, who I, I have to say, I think is the, is the favourite also to come through this section. I, I think most people would probably agree. Marin Chilich would be a pot- potential third round. And as you said, he is one of only three men to have actually won a Grand Slam who were in this this men's draw and um, I think that could be be the only sort of real banana skin for for Medvedev until he would get to you know the semi-finals to be quite honest with you I know I know Chilich was two sets up when they played at Wimbledon and and Medvedev was able to claw his way back but I, I think on a hard court you know I'd actually say that Medvedev would be unlikely to go down two sets uh to Chillich, especially not in his, his current form. But, you know, we do have um also, you know, Caspar Rood. He's he's the eighth seed here, which um surprised me a little bit, but he he has cracked the top ten now. And obviously with the likes of Rafa and, and team not there, he I suppose he would be the eighth seed, wouldn't he? Um whether he'll get to justify his his seeding and and reach the quarterfinal... I, I don't know um, because we've got John Isner in that section and, you know, he's been in good form. Obviously, he loves a fast, hard court and is at home as well. So, you know, we've got crowds back this year, Joel. So we've got to perhaps give a bit of favour to the the American players, for which there are very many.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd certainly... It is it is a bit odd, isn't it, to see Casper Rood as the, the eighth seed, but he's had such a consistent season. He's been able, I think, to... You know, he had all those those wins whilst the players were off uh, in the Olympics, and then uh, he's, he he did translate that into the you know the, the two Masters events at the you know the Rogers Cup, then Cincinnati. I think he reached the quarterfinals in in both of them, so he certainly I think justified to be there. But again, it, this is going to be a step up for him at a Grand Slam at best of five, and you do look at the experience of John Isner in that section and think whether. Whether he will be one of the, the dangerous players there who could potentially go on a bit of a run and make the quarterfinals. Um, because, you know, he has played, he's been, he has rediscovered, I think, his form, um, you know, over the last few months. He had that title win in Atlanta as well. I mean, he does have one of your favorites, Kim, uh, Brandon Nakashima in the first round. So it's not necessarily all plain sailing and that could be, I feel like that could be quite a fun match maybe on uh, one of the the show courts on on outside of, maybe outside of Ash, maybe a a Louis Armstrong type match in the the later, you know, early evening, later afternoon.
1: Yeah, I was annoyed about that because I thought Nakashima would be a real dark horse, (laughs) one to watch. (laughs) And then he goes and lands, you know, John Isner in um, in the first round. I mean, Nakashima is, you know, he's been given a wild card. So although he had a great, great summer, got to two finals, you know, he's still early days in his career. So um perhaps when he gets his way up, um, you know, he'll be more of a one to watch then. But you never know. My upset, Isner.
0: And Kim, he could face, uh, sorry, John Isner could face Kevin Anderson in round three. I know you're a massive, massive fan of big serving matchups between two really kind of tall players. <laughs> and yeah, we could get Isner Anderson round three. Again, not just, it might not necessarily happen uh, you know anderson i think has to come through Schwarzman, first of all but um yeah there's certainly some players there who i feel who who've been deep in grand slams before and have the experience i think that potentially could help them yeah w- around where there are other players who may not have had the you know as much experience or gone that far necessarily in in grand slam tennis before
1: I mean, if they put Isner against Anderson and, and timed it for like 11 p.m. UK time, <laughs> that would be a great cure for anyone struggling to get off to sleep, wouldn't it, Joel?
0: Well, I was going to say it, it'd probably still be going if we were waking up.
1: Well, quite that is, that is possible. <laughs> Although there's no um, what well, there is a last set tiebreak, isn't there? Here, mm. so they could only go to 20 something in the tiebreak, not in the actual final set. But um, yeah, I mean, Dan Evans is in this section of the draw. He's actually got decent decent draw uh, possibly Dimitrov third round but I think you know based on how good Dan Evans is uh, or has been at times this year that's certainly doable for Dan so could we see Dan Evans Daniel Medvedev fourth round I mean that would certainly be Dan Evans's hope I suppose (laughs)
0: I think the unfortunate thing for Evans is that he, I think he's still a little bit recovering from, uh, contracting coronavirus, um, earlier on. Um, and I think that's un- unfortunately showed in, in some of the results of late, but given the draw that he has been given, yeah, I think it's, it's quite, um, you know, it's quite nice for him. It doesn't feel like there's too many dangerous players there. And, you know, to have Dimitrov in the third round, I mean, I don't really know what to expect from Dimitrov whenever he's in a grand slam draw because, Whenever I write him off, he seems to do kind of really well and and get to a quarterfinal or even or even a semifinal. And he loves playing at the the US Open. But you know, at the same time, Dan Evans will be looking at this part and thinking, "Yeah, I've got I've got potential here to go further than I usually do in Grand Slams, um, which has been a I think a weakness of his game. Um, You know, if you look at his kind of results. But certainly, he's got an opportunity here to get to the to the second week.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, let's just have a look, Joel, at some of the other matches that maybe we haven't mentioned. Um, you know, first round, there's there's a few, you know, popcorn matches, like obviously Murray against Sitzpass. Um, I mean, Kyrgios, I suppose, is popcorn for, for anyone who is a <laughs> fan, regardless of who he's playing. But, you know, RBA isn't a bad first round matchup. Um, I mean, Gasquet, Medvedev, that, that well... I don't know if that's popcorn, but I suppose, you know, Gasquet is still quite a a big name, isn't it? Um, For me, Cam Norrie, I know we briefly mentioned this, he's got Carlos Alcaraz. I'm quite intrigued by that. Alcaraz is doing quite well this week. So he's reached the semi-finals, I think, of of Winston-Salem, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, showing that he is not just a clay quarter, which is great
0: definitely feels like winston-salem could be alcaraz's break breakthrough tournament we'll have to wait and see it's in the, the semi-finals at the moment i mean for me i'm i'm you know as a, as a murray fan i am looking at murray sisipas but also casper rude versus joe wilfrid songo because both of those matches i feel are players on the up in sisipas and rude who are having very very good seasons coming up against some of the, dare I say, the old timers uh, in Andy Murray and, and Joe Wilfred Songa. And that sort of youth versus experience matchup is always a f- compelling and, and fascinating watch. And, you know, Songa's form hasn't been great over the last, you know, few few seasons. And I think, you know, I was kind of looking at him, he, you know, he's still in the top 100. I'm not really sure... Not really sure how, given some of the you know the results and, and losses that he has had, sadly. But um, I'm look- certainly looking forward to those two. Um, and again, Ka- Kachinov versus Lloyd Harris could also, I think, be quite a, a tasty match. Both players, I feel, are playing with real confidence at the moment, and despite their frames, they're very. Uh, they show, I think, both very good movement and also very good touch at the net. So I think that could also be quite a quality match to look forward to.
1: Absolutely. And I will be tuning in for Nakashima Isna and, and <laughs> cheering good old Brandon on way. Hang on, not Caruso versus N- Nishikori. Oh gosh. They're so yeah, well, that as well. I don't I won't know where to look. I won't know where to look. Although I think they're in different halves, thankfully. Um <laughs> anyway, let's make shall we make some predictions, Joel? Yes. Shall we yes. predict our semis and our That's finals it, and our champions? Yeah. Yes. Um I have got a very predictable prediction set, I think. <laughs> in fact I've gone for the top four seeds. Uh, oh. I've got a Djokovic Zverev semi and then a Sitzpas Medvedev semi. So you go, you know, guys, you've got you've got to prove me wrong somehow.
0: I mean it's hard not to it's really hard not to think that given obviously what happened particularly in in Cincinnati where it just does it just feels that, you know, those are up- those up, up and coming players in terms of Zverev, and Medvedev, they are breaking away. I feel from the the chasing back and forming their own little little group. And uh, yeah, again, it is hard to see who is going to maybe upset any any of those three, given the form that they have showed. However, Kim, I am going for Novak Djokovic in the top half versus Karen Khachanov. Um, and then I've got sisipas Medvedev in the bottom half. But I just think Kachinov is going under the radar a little bit at the moment. And he played really, really well at the Olympics. Um, he's got a game that I think is very well suited to, you know, a fast US Open at hardcore. And I think that will that will play into his strengths and he will be a bit of a handful. And I can see him coming through against someone like Zverev, for example, and Uh, yeah. And I just think he could, if that matchup does happen, I just think that he could just cause one too many problems for for Zverev and come through that. So I've got Djokovic, Kachanov, Sisopas Medvedev, and I'm going for a Djokovic-Medvedev semi-final with Novak Djokovic winning a calendar uh, calendar year Grand Slam. I just, you know, I think Medvedev will get to another US Open final. I think he's been playing for some very, very, very good tennis uh, of late, but you just know with Novak Djokovic and the history that is sort of afoot, you just feel that it was it's sort of written and I would not be surprised um, if at the end of the two weeks we see him as the US Open champion.
1: So Djokovic Medvedev final. Um I think I think you said semi-final, Joel, so you mean final. Um Oh, sorry. Yes. yes no, sorry. that's all right. As I, I agree. I'm going for exactly the same and I've gone for Djokovic to win. I think most I, I don't know a single person well, maybe there are some people out there who wouldn't predict that, but I think most people would predict it. Um I have to say though randomly I think Gail Monfils might go on a bit of a run and get some wins here because oh, okay. he's he's looking a bit more perky of late but uh, maybe it's the post-wedding you know vibe but um let's take a quick break now uh but do you join us all in the second half where we'll be looking at the women's draws as well as announcing our collector set contenders so see you in a moment This is The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to move on to the Women's Draw. Uh, 2021 US Open, no William sisters. Uh, they've both pulled out with, with various ailments and injuries. So we've got top seed Ash Barty and defending champion Naomi Osaka as the kind of two favourites, I suppose, if you like, uh, the two hot favourites for the Women's Draw. Um, let's start with... Ash Barty's section of the draw, you know, can she win her second slam of the season? She's coming in as the Wimbledon champion. You know, she's won five titles this year on on all surfaces. She's in the rankings. She's quite a way ahead of, of everyone else. So um, she is the hot, hot player at the moment and the whole season, really. Um, interestingly, Joel, she's she's playing Vera Svonareva, who I think in one of our recent episodes, you, you thought she might have retired. I think you you guessed her as a mysterious player.
0: She's proving a point wrong.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, there's such an obviously a, a vast difference between, you know, Barty and Svonareva. But, you know, Svonareva on her day, you know, Grand Slam finalist. So isn't going to be a pushover.
0: Kim on a day like ten years ago, let's be honest.
1: Well, yes. But she did beat Petra Kvitova I think, earlier in the season, but yeah, that's a different kettle of fish, I'm I'm well <laughs> aware. Um Barty's second round could be well, it would be the winner of, of the Battle of the Claras, Clara Burrell or Clara Towson. And then I mean, looking at the rest of Barty's draw, she may have last year's semi-finalist, Jennifer Brady, in in the fourth round, or possibly Mukova, who beat her at the Australian Open. So you know, not not a not a plain sailing at all by any means. And then in her quarter, she w- potentially will either have the Olympic champion Belinda Bencic, or you know last year's French champion Igor Schvientek, um, or you know throw in Jessica Bagula. Um, you've got Annette Contivate in that section. Jill Teichman,
0: <laughs> Sam Stoter <laughs> oh, No, I'm well,
1: is she actually? Oh no,
0: <laughs> Sam Stosa. Annette Kontovit, uh is a first round matchup, um, oh,
1: but Sam Stosur hasn't been given a wildcard, Joel. She, no, she's I know, justifiably in this draw.
0: Yeah, I am yeah. okay with that. I am at peace this time round with Sam Stosur being in the in the main draw of a tournament. But yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a it's a again similar to I think Djokovic. There's a few tricky ties there. I think for Ash Barty certainly from round four onwards, and yeah, you know, we all know. Jen Brady's prowess, um, on, well, at the US Open, uh, she's, she, there's something about, some, something, something about there that just, you know, absolutely clicks with her game. Carolina Mukova's also got success over Barty, um, at the Australian Open. So if it's one of those two, again, it could be quite, um, could be quite tough. But having said that, I mean, Mukova's got Sara cerebes Tormo in the first round. So, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Mukhova doesn't even reach round two, to be honest, because Saribas Tormo is just such a consistent, consistent player. And if Mukhova has one of her off days, I think Saribas Tormo will, you know, take that in, in full effect. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a, a little bit of an upset there. But yeah, certainly for Ash Barty, I think it could be quite tricky given that, you know, she's got um, a lot of dangerous floaters, I think, particularly with, you know, Benchich as well. Pegula, you know, you talk about Sviontek. I don't actually think Sviontek is. I mean, yes, she's the seventh seed, but I don't envisage her getting to the quarters. I feel like she's not really had a lot of match practice. I think she's had, you know, one match across the last kind of two uh, Masters events. Could face Jill Tightman actually in round three, and I'm I'm sort of looking at it like I reckon we could get a, another all Swiss encounter of Benchic versus uh, Tightman in round four.
1: Yeah, I think from that section, Benčić would be my preferred, well, not preferred, but most likely candidate. Um, I mean, even, well, no, ignore me. I was going to say even Coco van der Wey. I mean, on her day, she in the past she's had a few upsets, hasn't she? I, there is no one I I dismiss in the women's draw anymore, Joel. You know, we've seen so many times that we have rogue um, semi finalists, rogue quarter finalists. But yeah, Sviontek. She's kind of gone a bit off, off my radar of late. She she mm. needs to prove prove us wrong and remind us all of why she, you know, is in the top ten. Why she's a grand slam champion? Because I think people are sort of forgetting a bit about her at the moment. Mm. Um, but I mean, let's look at the second quarter of the draw because if if Barty can get through this section, um, and make it through to the semis, who would she face? Uh, Karolina Pliskova is is the favourite, I suppose, to come out of this section, especially in light of her. Her recent form, you know, at the start of the season, we would not have been saying this, but, you know, Wimbledon finalist, um, finalist in Toronto. So not Toronto, Montreal. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, Got to keep track of which, who's where, (laughs) Um, you know, so for me, Puskriva is the favourite for this section. But, you know, we've got Bianca Andreescu, who, when she played this tournament two years ago, she won it hasn't been playing very well lately has been losing a lot of matches when she has been able to play but can you count her out you know she she may well rediscover that that winning mojo from from 2019
0: I mean Kim if it was me I feel like we can count her out we can Um, discount
1: her (laughs) you know
0: I yeah I think she is in a in a, a moment where she is sort of needs she's in a she's not in a good place at the moment she needs to rediscover her form because I remember a time where you know she was taking time off and then she came back and and was playing tournaments and was going on to win them but at the moment it feels like she's out of match practice and when she does get on court she's not really doing the business and she hasn't really had any sort of consistency and she's got Golubic from uh Switzerland another Swiss player in the first round who you know, as we, as we're saying, got to the, she, she got to the, I think what the quarterfinals at Wimbledon, she's also got to the quarterfinals at the Olympics. So I think that could be quite a, quite a tough one. And I think, you know, looking beyond that, she could play Samsonova, who obviously is the Berlin champion in round three or Ostopenko. Um ostapenko has got Podoroska in the first round, which could be quite tasty. Um, So, I, you know, I, I certainly feel like Andrescu is a seed that is there for the taking I feel um, uh, earlier on and certainly looking at the top half of this of this quarter for um, you know for the for that person to make it through you know you talk about Pishkeva I'm actually looking at uh, Paula Bedosa uh, from Spain 24 seed who likes Verev for me is in a real purple patch um of her career at the moment. Um she's just sort of winning and winning and winning matches. Doesn't matter what court surface it is. And again, I think she will be a very tough nut to crack in terms of in terms of the players she comes up against. She's got quite a nice uh, you know, start. Could face Pavlichenkova um in round three. That could be very, I think very, very interesting. Because I feel like that match, that could lead to a potential, you know, quarter finalist maybe. Um, but, you know, you can't discount Plishkova either because she very much is having a, a resurgent season as well.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure about Bedota. Like, yes, she's playing well, but I, I wouldn't say she's my standout candidate. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, ooh, I uh, <laughs> I mean, you've also got Maria Zachary. You know, she got to the semis, of the French. Like, it is kind of chock block as per in, in the women's draw I feel like we say this every slam preview but
0: Zachary's got Kostuk in the first round I mean that is not yeah, a not that is not an easy that is not an easy match
1: I mean I I still think Blishkova um is is the most likely to come through this draw I think she's been pretty consistent yes she hasn't been winning mm. things but she has been consistently getting you know the wins to get to get to the finals but um also, I think Gollybitch, yeah, like you said, that's tricky for Andreescu. I would say Golly is probably winning that one. Uh Andreescu has been quite shocking, I think, of late. So um it, it's just mad, isn't it, to think that when she last played here she she won and, and beat Serena in that match and we should just very be celebrating We should just on. be
0: celebrating her being back at the US Open because yeah, so so much has changed. In that in that time period, uh, in the context of tennis, in the context of of the world, world,
1: so. mm-hmm. I wish we could go back to that. Uh, <laughs> I wish we could <laughs> go back simpler to times. You. It was simpler yeah. times, simpler, joyful times. Um, third quarter, though, Joel. Best bottom half of the draw. We've got Naomi Osaka in this one, um, and she's sort of, you know, I don't really know what's going on with Osaka at the moment. She's, she, you know, she lost in the third round of the Olympics. She lost in the third round of Cincinnati had that sort of awkward press conference. We don't really know like mentally where she's at Ooh, or or her, her tennis as well, you know, on the court. She hasn't had much time to kind of fine tune things um, before heading into defending her title here. Her draw, you know, looks relatively okay, but Putintseva in the third round um, and, well, her fourth round, either Coco Goff or Angelique Kerber, that could be an upset in the making, I think, either of those players.
0: We've got to remember Putintseva has a winning head-to-head record against Naomi Osaka. I think she's played for 1-3 against Osaka. So I don't think we can just assume that Osaka is going to be able to to put, put Putintseva away very easily. It seems to be a bit of a bogey player for her. Um if she gets that, you know, if she gets that far. I'm expecting to I'm expecting her to do, but certainly when this is not the Invincible Osaka, that I think we're, you know, expecting to you know walk to the trophy like you know she has done in in previous hard court slams. She obviously Kim has that incredible statistic of when she's made a quarterfinal of of a grand slam, she's gone on and won it. But I certainly think you know looking at her draw, it's not a done deal that she gets that far, given the you know the players that are around her. And you know beyond Putintseva, you've got yeah Coco Goff and Angelique Kerber. I mean, in that part of the draw is very, very tasty because you've got Madison Keys versus Sloane Stevens uh, in a round one matchup. Now, that was a Grand Slam final at the US Open in 2017. It's now a first round match here, which seems crazy. Coco Goff's got Magda Lynette as well. And I think Lynette is uh, also a very tough and durable opponent that I don't think is going to be necessarily a walk in the park for Goff. So some very interesting, certainly bunched, round one matches around here and with Angelique Kerber there as well former US Open champion uh, it it really is for me this is the part of the women's draw that I'm got my I've got my got my eye on because there's so many high quality matches um that are potentially brewing there
1: yeah and the top part of this bit <laughs> you've also got Alina Swisselina. Um, you know, missed consistency, uh, bronze, recent bronze medalist at the Olympics, but you've also got Simona Halep. And I feel like we haven't really seen Halep, you know, for a long time, like obviously not at a, at a slam, not since the Australian Open. And she has got an awful, awful first round match against Camilla Georgie. Um, that is far from ideal. You know, Georgie being the, um, the Montreal far champion. far from ideal from both of them. Well, yes, that is true. Because Georgie <laughs> might have been thinking, "Oh, I could go on a bit of a run here." Then she's <laughs> got Hallett. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, gosh. I mean, if Hallett can get through that, she might, you know, be able to get get on a run. But you've also got Rybakina, who um, had a great, great summer as well. Great, great year generally. Um, she's kind of, I think, my pick actually to come out of this top. This well, perhaps this whole quarter actually.
0: Yeah, it's uh, again, this quarter is just loaded with a lot of real high quality players. I mean, un- particularly high quality unseeded players because you've got Vondrusova as well, Peronkova, Caroline Garcia, Camilla Georgie. as you said, also there unseeded, um, Kasatkina. I mean, it's very. It's very, very. Um, it's a, almost a who's who. I feel of of winners and players playing really, really solid and consistent tennis in the the WTA tour this season. So it feels very, very open to me. I will say though, I think that this is a chance for Lena Svitolina to make her to make her sort of first Grand Slam final. I feel she's playing really, really well at the moment. Um, she's doing really, really well this week. I think she <laughs> handed out a bit of a pasting to uh, Christina Mladenovic, one in love. Um, in her most recent match, so I, I'm I'm looking at Svitolina as a, as a player. I think who could come through this, but I certainly don't think it's going to be a an an easy ride. I think it's going to be it's probably for whoever it is, it's probably going to be a quite a bumpy one.
1: See, I didn't even realise von Drusfer was unseeded. I, I, <laughs> I, my mind totally skipped her name in that draw. Um, that's not ideal. I mean, there's also a lot of qualifiers in this section. So, you know, we've still got, I think, three Brits who at the time of recording are are in the final round of qualifying. So I wonder if, you know, Emma Raducanu or um, Harriet Dahl or Katie Balter, they may well be in that section as well. So that would be certainly making making it even more interesting for us as British fans. Um, But let's just look at the very last quarter as well, at the very bottom of the draw. Arena Sabalenka is the second seed, so she's headlining this um, section. We've also got French Open champion Barbora Krachikova. So... um, Lots, lots going on in this section as well. Like, I think these two quarters for me are the most interesting because um, you've also got last season's um finalist, runner-up, at the US Open, Victoria Azarenka. We've also Muguruza. got Garbina Muguruza, <laughs> Ons Jabeur, Danielle Collins, who you know has just won her first two titles of her career. Heather Watson. Heather Watson. Yep, uh, Grand Slam champion Heather Watson. Well, she is in the mixed doubles, isn't she? But um, Joe Contour as well. It's all. Joe Conta, yeah, it's all. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's all kicking off. Yeah. It's because they're unseeded. You you don't they naturally mm. sort of spring out, spring out to you. But yeah, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of dangerous players from this part. I mean, Danielle Collins for me is a player to to watch out for. She's got Carlos Suarez Navarro in the first round, could face Heather Watson in round two, uh, and then p- maybe potentially Sabalenka in round three. So again, that that could be a very <laughs> that could be a very fiery match if if that happens, Collins. Versus Sabalenka in round three, but um yeah, it's again another another part of the draw that I think is just loaded with with talent. on Jabeur as well has got Cornet, who's also doing very well this week. um I mean, just talking on Conta, she's got Christina Mladenovic, so I'm hope I'm I'm sort of happy Svitolina gave her a bit of a, a shellacking, so <laughs> hopefully her her confidence is down and maybe that's an opportunity for Conta, but. Um, yeah, I mean, she, if Conta comes through for British fans, she could face Alexandrova or Irani. So you know, quite a you know maybe quite a nice place to land in the draw. But you can't look really. I feel past Kredchikova, given given the form that she has shown and the, her a, her ability to just get on with it and just almost be that sort of silent killer on the, on the court. Again, she's going to be a very hard player, I think, to to stop in the draw.
1: Yes, I think. Based on how consistent she's she's been, pretty much, um, mm. she's you know. But if she comes up against Muguruza in blistering form, I, I yep. don't know. I mean, it's just but Muguruza's got a tricky a, a tricky section. She's got Vekic first round, and then I think we're all kind of salivating towards a possible <laughs> Azarenka Muguruza third Muguruza round. Match. Um, yep. That could be quite a, a feisty matchup. But yeah, this this is the draw. This is the section that I'm probably most conflicted by in terms of who to predict because you know Sabalenka came so close in that Wimbledon semi and you know that was her very first slam semi-final so we shouldn't you know can we sort of say that she is a favorite to get to another semi-final or you know is it was Wimbledon a blip and she's going to go back to her usual I'll lose in the third round of a slam sort of job Um and then on Jabor she's kind of feels like perhaps the dark horse or the, the second most likely person I, I just yeah this is the draw this is the section that i'm a bit like mm, i really don't know where it's gonna go
0: lots of different lots and lots of different players i mean for me i'm gonna go i've got to go with a little bit go, going up to to cred Chikova, maybe um to come through so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see i mean kim talking of We've got we've reached the end of the the, the the draw for the women's. We're going to do some more predictions, passing shot HQ. What are you What are you going for? Because it feels a lot more open than in the men's draw, where we're sort of maybe expecting the top four seeds to to reach the semis.
1: Yes, I definitely think it's a, a lot less predictable. But however, I have still been quite <laughs> conservative. I think obviously just in that mood today. I've gone Barty versus Pliskova semi-final okay. so I've got a okay. repeat of the Wimbledon final and then I've gone for Rybakina and I have gone for Sabalenka in the end I've, I've gone pretty much to the form book um, yeah Rybakina I, I feel like Asaka isn't going to come out of her section and I've gone for Rybakina yeah what about you Joel?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm totally with you. I'm. I don't. I don't see Osaka reaching the quarterfinals. If I'm being quite honest, um, I do think if if that matchup against Potensiva happens, uh, we could maybe see a shock on our hands. So, uh, yeah, I. That's one. That's that's sort of one theory I have. But yeah, in terms of my four semi finalists I've got Ash Barty versus Paula Badosa. So, <laughs> I'm. I really think. Uh, it's. I think Barty is sort of a for me, is a little bit of a dead cert to get to the semi-finals, given the, the form she showed, the title she's won. Uh, and for me, yeah, Bedosa, I just think, is going to come through that that section of the draw. I just think she's just playing some very consistent, high-quality tennis at the moment. And regardless of who she steps on the court with, I feel like she has that belief in her that she's able to win. So got Barty Bedosa in the top half, and then I've got Elena Svitolina versus Krejcikova. Um in the bottom half. So uh, I'm going for a Barty Svitolina final. I think Svitolina is actually going to break her grand slam final duck um, and get there. However, I am going with Ash Barty to win the whole thing. I just think she has looked A class apart from everyone else really, uh, in the, in the draw, all, all 128 competitors. I think she is, she is top dog. And I think again, she will prove it. Um, here I know she's not done well, um, uh, you know, at the US Open in previous years, but I certainly think this will be the time that she, uh, she makes hay and she, she goes on and wins the whole thing.
1: Definitely. I've gotten very similar in the sense I've gone for, for Barty to, to win the whole thing. I feel like, um, it, it's just she just seems to be the most complete and uh i just can't you know yes ah uh, it's tricky isn't it because i i do feel like Osaka on a hardcore she you can never mm. rule her out but i just think Barty seems to be in such a good place at the moment
0: i would love to see Barty Osaka in the final Ooh, i think everyone that could
1: happen. yeah
0: i think that everyone would love to see that i just i just can't see i just don't think that's going to happen mm. but i'd love to, i'd love to see it happen
1: Yeah. I mean, I've gone for Sabalenka to get to the final. So um, similar in the sense that we'd have a first time finalist. But um, I think Barty would absolutely come out on top. She just seems also when she gets to final, she just seems so composed. Um, She doesn't have that sort of, you know, Pishkiva style meltdown, which I feel like anyone else might be quite um, subject to. And I think Barty will just rise above anything like that. But um, I mean, I'm not thinking that far ahead just yet, Joel, because (laughs) first round we have got some absolute corkers. Um, You know, I mentioned like Vekic Muguruza, but we've got um, obviously the Georgie Hallett match. Um, Keys against Stevens, like that was a Grand Slam final a few years back. And that is a a first rounder. Um, And I'm obviously Kerber, Kirby Yastremska, who's who's back, you know, after her her ban. So how will she get on?
0: I'm expecting some sort of petulance from Yastremska in that match that that the the serene pristineness of, of Kerber is just gonna look down upon and just have absolutely none of it. And I feel like they those are very two contrasting personalities. So I'm expecting that match potentially to produce some fireworks. Mukava as well Sareba's Sarebas Tormo for me is is going to be a fascinating encounter. I don't know who's going to win it but Kim I just know it's going to go three sets. Uh like all Cyrus Cerebus Tormo matches do. Um whether she comes out on top I'm not sure but um I think that is also going to be I can easily see that being a two and a half two and a half hour plus battle out on court court 12 or something. Um that is going to be a real you know potentially a real war of attrition.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I I don't really recall on the live scores app ever seeing Serena Stormer having like a love and one scoreline. So <laughs> it's not in her blood, loves, is it? Yeah, she loves playing tennis so much she just wants the <laughs> battles all the time. Um, but that does bring us to the end of, of our sort of preview. But we do have a very important bit which we hope um listeners will will all stay for because we've got our collector set. Uh, we've got six picks to announce for. For this edition of the of the tournament of the competition. Um, for anyone who hasn't played before or is new to the show, essentially every Grand Slam we have six players, three men and three women, and we ask um anyone who wants to play along to predict how far they'll go in the tournament. So will they reach the first round, second round, quarterfinals, final, will they win? Um and the winner gets a coveted passing shot prize, and will be put on our honours board. Which, you know, I mean, you can't want more than that, can you, Joel? That is an absolute demon of a prize.
0: The passing shot mug is is like the one, it's the number one thing that every kitchen needs. <laughs> so that's the reason to enter the collector set,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, Joel, would you like to announce our men's contenders for this yes. this edition?
0: So, listeners, our three picks for the men uh, for Collector Set this time are, drumroll, Novak Djokovic, Karen Kachinov, and Andrei Rublev.
1: So, how will those three get on? And we've got three women as well, not to forget. Uh, we've got, for the women, Angelique Kerber, Karolina Pliskova and Irina Sabalenka. So, oh, oh, quite tricky, I six. think. Yeah, Yeah. I think they're quite a strong six. I think some of them or a lot of them might go quite deep. So we might... You know we might not know too early who's, who's going to be um, you know doing well or not on their collector set but essentially we would like everyone if you want to take part and we hope you all do um, to get your predictions in before play starts so send us in um, your predictions on email passingshotpod.gmail.com via Twitter as either um, a direct message or just a regular tweet um, or you can send them in on Instagram as well at passingshotpod and also Facebook so we'll be announcing our in our round one uh, catch up on Tuesday evening we will be doing them before play starts but we we also need to think (laughs) about it so um if you all have a think and let us know which round you think they're all going to reach um we will compile them up and we'll see who comes out on top in what two and a bit weeks time
0: I know it's exciting stuff so listeners make sure you have a think about who your uh, what your collector set predictions are for our 6 player picks so just to repeat those they are Novak Djokovic Karen Khachanov Andrey Rublev Angelique Kerber Karolina Plushkova and Arena Sabalenka. So have a think. How far do you think they are going to go in the draw? And if you think they're going to get to the final, let us know, are they going to be the finalists or are they actually going to go and win the thing? So yeah, let us know. We look forward to seeing your entries. But I hope you've enjoyed listening to this US Open preview edition uh, from The Passing Shot We are going to be doing our round by round coverage as usual over the next couple of weeks to make sure all of our listeners are up to date. So make sure to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher. And you can also listen to us on the DownloadTennis.com app. And if you want to show your support for the show, then why not leave us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts?
1: And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Passing Shot Pod. So do get in touch. Give us a like and a follow if you don't already. Um, You can also let us know all your feedback and comments and thoughts on our social channels. We do love to hear from everyone listening to the show. Um, If you prefer, you can also drop us an email on PassingShotPod at gmail.com or check us out on our website www.thepassingshot.co.uk
0: and we will be back next time at Passing Shot HQ on Tuesday evening UK time to round up round one of the US Open. I hope you uh, can join us for that. In the meantime, we do have an extra special episode that is already out as part of our book club series. I sat down with Christopher Clary from the New York Times to talk about his new book about Roger Federer, Which is entitled "The Master: The Brilliant Career of Roger Federer." It really was a fascinating insight into, uh, into Roger Federer and his you know life and times on the tour and you know what has shaped him as a you know as a a legend of the game. So it was a really fascinating insight to to get from Chris. So if you want to have a listen to that, uh, just scroll down on your podcasting app and it will be available for you to listen. But in the meantime, I hope you can join us for our our round one roundup next tuesday us open is a go excited for it and yeah i hope you're excited to join us for our next catch up and we will see you again soon